Have you checked out the new Brian Nichols Show collection over at Proud Libertarian? Head to briannicholsshow.com forward slash shop and you can grab some amazing Liberty swag that will definitely help pique some interest from our good ideas don't require force snapbacks, Alexa overthrow the government t-shirts, question everything mugs, and of course our ever popular don't hurt people, don't take people's stuff bumper sticker. The Brian Nichols Show shop over at Proud Libertarian has all the Liberty swag you need. And hey, if you're looking for more awesome Liberty apparel check out the rest of the amazing proud libertarian store while you're over there and be sure to use code tbns at checkout to get 10 off your entire order that's right 10 off your entire order from proud libertarian including everything over at the brian nichols show shop and all you have to use is code tbns at checkout one more time head to brian forward slash shop and check out the brand new brian nichols show store over at proud libertarian and use code tbns at checkout for 10 off your entire order. Victor Antonio, welcome to the program. Selling is all about, really, It's we're not selling a product, you're not selling a service, you're not selling value, you're not selling whatever you think you're selling, a solution. You're selling change. Welcome to The Brian Nichols Show, your source for common sense politics on the We Are Libertarians Network. As a sales and marketing executive in the greater telecommunications cybersecurity industry, Brian works with C-level executives to help them future-proof their company's infrastructure for an uncertain future. And in each episode, Brian takes that experience and applies it to the liberty movement. This is why we talk about being the trusted advisor. You should be able to help use that expert guidance and all the opinions that I'm sure that you have and help lead them towards not just a decision, but the right decision. Instead of focusing on simply winning arguments or being right, we're teaching the basic fundamentals of sales and their application in the world of politics, showing you how to ask better questions, tell better stories, and ultimately change people's minds. And now, your host, Brian Nichols. Hi folks, this is Kenny Cody again, Buckingham GOP Chairman, columnist for Newsmax, Daily Wire, Townhall.com, and others. And today, I'm here with Cody's Concerns. This is the inaugural episode, so I'm glad to be here and glad to be on Brian's show. And today, I'm going to talk about uh, conservative purism. So I know a lot of libertarians, especially on Brian's show, um, are pretty purist. Uh, if you ask a lot of the reason that libertarians aren't Republicans, or at least part of the GOP a lot of the time. Um, but to an extent, I want to talk today about conservative Republican purism. Okay. Um, to me, the party needs to be a big tent in a lot of different ways. Okay. And being anti-war, anti-interventionist, and things like that, I can perfectly see why somebody um, might want a big tent party. Talk about the drug war, talk about uh, needless spending, things like that. One thing Republicans need to be relied on is simple fiscal policy. Okay. A lot of Republicans right now, for some reason, whether it is to the benefit of their elections, to the benefit of just loving big government and wanting to spend a lot, or even back kicks from corporations or from uh, areas and finance that they may get uh, for voting for a particular bill or the other. If that's from lobbying, if that's from voting for a bill because of a corporation they may have a, or a business they might have a relationship with, or what have you. Um, this is where I think purism is a good thing. What conservative purism would do is create and value conservative fiscal policy. Because every single Republican has to be relying on that issue. Whether that is just for pure taking the government out of economics, if that's just for needless spending being taken out of bills or legislation, if that's just simply opposing a federal mandate or a federal control of a certain part of the economy as Biden did with the Keystone Pipeline. Something needs to be done. 
that regard. Something has to be advocated on behalf of. And with fiscal policy, that's one thing Republicans have to be united on, especially for a Democratic bill, as we saw with the infrastructure bill in uh, Biden's BIF, the Biden Infrastructure Fund. It's funding uh, bill. It is a uh, $3 trillion or more and more spending bill that we really are not sure where it's going to come from. You know, a lot of people think that our taxpayer money should just be used endlessly, and we should, we should just fund uh, specific ventures or give back to the economy or give back to the roads or whatever. And that's one criticism libertarians here all the time, right? Like, what are we going to do with the roads? Um, unfortunately, one thing that I think Republicans also rely on is that they think the one sense of governance is uh, we have to build our roads and we have to take care of our people. And for one, I agree, I agree with that virtue, and I agree with um, government having some sort of duty, okay? I'm not, I'm not, an, uh, not at least I'm an anarcho-capitalist, if nothing else. I do think that there are duties and responsibilities of government. Um, but when bills and legislation are not talking about where those, those uh, that taxpayer money is being dedicated to, um, and it's not really describing what, how the money is being uh, perpetrated, that's a problem. We have a severe problem in this is just going to come from the federal government funds, and that's how this is going to be funded. Okay, so where do those funds come from? Does that come from taxpayer money? Does that come from surplus? Are we going to cut this department? Are we going to cut this funding program in favor to do something else? If, if that's the case, then uh, I'm all ears. If we are going to cut a department, if we're going to uh, take money away from a needless department, that's something that has no duty and it's just there for the sake of virtue signaling, then let's have that discussion. Let's have that discussion of how we can cut that program or cut those funds, allocate those funds somewhere else, and do something with those funds that is actually meaningful. Infrastructure would be meaningful. That's not what they do, though. All they do is take federal funding and, and uh, throw needless amounts of taxpayer money at problems that the United States faces. That's not the way Republicans are supposed to vote. That's why you only see 13 of the traitors do that. I'm advocating for primaries for all 13 of these people. Okay? Maybe not all 13. The ones we can afford. Now, what I'd love to see all 13 of them primary, yes, I'd love to see it. If you can find a rare Republicans that can win those areas, absolutely. But in a recent article for Newsmax.com that I advocated for is finding which spots that we can afford primaries in. Okay, John Catco, Don Young, those people can afford primaries. Okay, in states that are Republican plus 10 or more, we can afford primaries. Put somebody who is a fiscally conservative purist in those roles. Okay, and you're talking about Don Bacon and others who are in very close races that are Republicans by the hairs of their chinny chin chins. It's hard. I understand it's hard to not kind of vote uh, as a Democrat on some of those bills that may save their elections and keep those um, seats red when we need them to be red. Okay. But the point where the Progressive Caucus is voting against these bills, um, when AOC, um, Rashida Tlaib, uh, Ayanna Amar, Alanya Presley, and others are voting against these bills, uh, but our own 13 Republicans can't vote against them, it's kind of where I raise my eyebrows a little bit. Okay, I understand it's a function of government. Again, infrastructure is absolutely a function of government, and, it, and besides private equities and things like that, um, I would like to see the government give some, it's, I want to see my money used decent somewhere, if it's still from anyway, please give me some reason as to why you're stealing it. Um, but the problem that we're facing right now, unfortunately, is we don't have any justification for where our taxpayer money is going. 
Okay, where is this specific uh, road or this specific interstate, this specific measure in the infrastructure bill? Where where are you getting that money? Is it just coming from my taxpayer money? Is it just coming from, uh, again, cutting another federal department? Are we cutting something else? What are we cutting? Uh, is my money being used in an appropriate way? I don't really know. Um, I think a lot of libertarians, um, or at least libertarian Republicans like myself, and I know you all probably cringe when you hear me say that I'm a libertarian Republican. Um, but I, I do clarify myself as that ideological-wise, and, and either an anarcho-capitalist or a libertarian Republican, whichever sounds worse to you. Um, but I think a lot of the small government Republicans and anti-spending uh, Republicans, such as myself, we already have this idea of conservative purism. People like Rand Paul, people like Ted Cruz and others sort of had this idea, Thomas Massey, had this idea of conservative purism when it comes to fiscal policy. You're very rarely going to see those types of Republicans vote against these types of things. Now, but you have people like Don Young. Um, you have people like Adam Kinzinger, who was, thank God, getting gerrymandered out of his district if he wasn't going to get primary in the first place. Um, you have these types of figures who just do this so consistently. You have these types of figures who do this so consistently and without really any conscience. The Libertarian Party is seeing similar, right? They're losing their virtue. The Mises Caucus. I'm sorry, the Mises Caucus, sometimes mispronounce that. The Mises Caucus is advocating on behalf of what traditional libertarian values are. They're, they're pro-life. They advocate against abortion. The FDA gets mandates a lot stronger than uh, a lot of libertarians for some reason wouldn't. For some reason, a lot of Cato libertarians uh, think that the mandates are okay because you're harming the NAP. Right? We're having a similar problem with the GOP. The same Mises Republicans or the Mises Caucus that the libertarians are dealing with in a good way. I think that the Mises Caucus is needed in the Libertarian Party for it to go back to the traditional libertarian values. Um, even though I don't think I'll ever join the Libertarian Party, I'm glad to see it kind of going back to its roots with the Mises Caucus rather than the, oh, we are just anti-Trump. We'll give the Democrats some uh, patting on the back joke. The Mises Caucus is actually doing well for the Libertarian Party in the same way that I wish the Freedom Caucus and those like it would do for the Republican Party. I hate Mitch McConnell and Ken McCarthy, or I don't want to say hate, I distaste and uh, disapprove of Mitch McConnell, Ken McCarthy, and other Liz Cheney, uh, Liz Cheney Republicans just as much as anybody else. As much as you all do, I oppose them too. So I want to make my party better. I want to make my party similar to the Libertarian Party in a lot of ways, at least in terms of fiscal policy, anti-war, anti-interventionist policy, ending the needless war on drugs. Also a priority of mine, to change their public view at least. There are a lot of different ways that I want to work with this. There's a lot of different ways than a lot of Republicans. Me, like people like Jack Hunter that have been, that has been on this podcast, people like Thomas Massey, figures like Rand Paul, figures like Ted Cruz. Whether you all do not like them or for whatever reason, whatever Libertarian Party members don't like them for whatever reason, that's why you're not Republican is because you don't like figures like that. Um, but there is a movement in the GOP. I talked about this on, the, on my last solo episode on Brian's show. There's sort of a movement going on. Even the, the Marjorie Taylor Greens, the Paul Gosars of the world, the Matt Gates of the world, whether you all dislike them or whether the general public dislikes them or not, they're as anti-big government basically on policy and on voting record as any Republican of the last 10 years. We are seeing more anti-authoritarian voters in the Republican Party 
in Congress than we ever have before. Now, is that because of the Biden administration? Maybe. But we're seeing more of a fight against what is considered large government than I have seen in my lifetime, at least. So please be thinking about how you can support these figures. Don't just call them blanketly fascists, socialists, and things like that. The Libertarian Party's biggest allies are those in Congress, the Republicans like Rand Paul and Thomas Massey. Those are your biggest allies. Whether you think so or not, these people are fighting against large government and large federal government. People are still third party. People are still independents. They don't have exact representations of their belief systems in their party or in their belief system. They vote independent. They don't have any representation. So be thinking about these kinds of people. Be thinking about who you can support. Prioritize things. Don't say states don't have rights. It's a Twitter argument that I got into a few weeks ago. Don't be needlessly complaining on Twitter, even though I find myself sometimes doing that too, although I do work on legislation and write pieces. Don't. Don't just sit back and complain about the GOP and the two-party system and all that kind of stuff. Okay? I, I, I get it. It's unfair. It is. I wish that their, their parties had a more of a voice. Because I think the Libertarian Party pushes the Republican Party more right and more fiscally right. And the, uh, and the Green Party pushes, uh, unfortunately, pushes the Democrat Party more left oftentimes. But there are ways that we can act purist and improve the Republican Party. The reason I'm a conservative purist is because of libertarian principles. So I prioritize being anti-war. I prioritize against um, prioritize movements against anti-spending. I don't want to waste my time on the drug war. I want to fight the war on the federal government authoritarianism uh, mandates. I want to fight people like Kyle Rittenhouse, who was solely defending himself. There's a Second Amendment right from riders who are more than likely going to kill him. I support those types of rights. I support those types of act activism. And I think people in the Mises Caucus and people in the Freedom Caucus and the GOP support the same thing. We have similar goals. We have similar ideas for our parties. I want to make the GOP a lot more small government. Now, you probably see the R by my name or see that I'm a GOP official, and you see that I'm a conservative columnist for Newsmax. You probably roll your eyes. You probably don't think that I'm serious. You don't think that anything that I have to say is serious. You probably think that I'm going to support the old Republican um, neocon and large government ideology that the Republican Party carried for so many years. But the reason that I am a part of the Republican Party are because of figures that you all, that a lot of the Libertarian Party and a lot of independents seem to hate. And it doesn't really make a lot of sense. People like Thomas Massey, Matt Gates, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Paul Gosar. As much as you all may hate them, they're some of the most small government voting Republicans, and not only Republicans, but of any party that has ever served in the federal government, that has ever served in the legislative branch. Branch. Okay? They are. I hate to tell you that. They have voted for to abolish apartments. They have voted for no tax cuts. I'm sorry, they have voted for tax cuts and no tax breaks. Okay, they have voted for tax cuts, tax breaks on behalf of the American people, not just the middle class not just the lower class, but of the wealthy class too. Tax cuts from everybody here down, that's what Republicans believe in. Taxation is not a thing that impacts somebody else disproportionately. Taxation is bad all over the place. Everybody should be taxed equally, or there should be no tax at all. 
Texas are for allocation. I want to be out of Afghanistan. I wanted that to be done properly. I want the war on drugs to end because it's over. And it has been over. I want Republicans to be Republicans again. I want conservatives and fiscal conservatives to be fiscal conservatives all the time, not just during a Democratic administration. We want the same things. We need to look at how to approach them. I call to primary Republicans that we can afford to primary and run actual fiscal conservatives and create a sense of conservative or more specifically fiscal conservative purism to the Republican Party. Be anti-mandate libertarians. Please do it more. Be anti-spending more. Don't just bash Republicans because they hold somewhat of a similar ideology to you. And let's defeat federal government authoritarianism once and for all. This has been Cody's Concerns. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to The Brian Nichols Show. Find more episodes at briannicholsshow.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to subscribe. Want to help us reach more people? Give the show a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe too. Find us at briannicholsshow.com and download the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow me on social media at bnicholsliberty and consider donating to the show at briannicholsshow.com forward slash support. The Brian Nichols Show is supported by viewers like you. Thank you to our patrons, Daryl Schmitz, Laura Stanley, Michael Lima, Mitchell Mankiewicz, Cody Johns, Craig DaCosta, and the We Are Libertarians Network. Audio production for The Brian Nichols Show is brought to you by DB Podcast Audio. Learn more by emailing inquiries to william at dbpodaudio.com.